got a fat sack of goodies for you on this Christmas-themed episode of the Epic Film Guys podcast. Wait, wait, Justin, say fat sack one more time. Fat sack. Thank you. Mm Mm-hmm. I am your host, Justin, and I, of course, am joined by my own very little Ralphie in a bunny suit, the almighty Thank you so much for that introduction, Justin. How have you been? I'm fucking insane. (laughs) Well, we all knew that. But how are you? I mean, I've had my Johnny Mathis Christmas albums on repeat. I'm watching Christmas commercials from 1985 to 1991 every single night before bed. I'm about to go tomorrow and pick up my one box I get every single year from Target of Captain Crunch Christmas Crunch Special Edition. And, well, as you can see from my face, I'm pretty happy. Good. That's what I love to hear. Yeah. I know you're you're awash in your nostalgia right now. It's that time of year where you want to throw back a huge bottle of vodka sit in front of your fake TV fireplace, you know, the 4K one they have on YouTube, Sure. fake crackling sounds, light a candle, and, you know, just pretend. Pretend that you're in the McAllister house, unlike you, Loisos, who actually gets to live in the McAllister <laughs> house. Fireplace, beautiful mansion. <laughs> it's not a mansion. <laughs> but speaking of vodka... I'm currently enjoying a screwball peanut butter whiskey mini bottle. And well, uh, look at you. I'm for ready once. To, I'm ready to talk some uh, some Christmas movies, Justin. Well, before we go any further, that reminds me, Moisos, this episode is fueled by Evil Tea, by the Evil Tea Company. Steeped in darkness, Evil Tea brings a sharp variety of tea flavors, featuring robust and creative blends for those tea addicts out there. Use promo code EPICFILMGUYS for 15% off your first order. Right now, I'm sipping on their Christmas blend sleigh ride, and last I heard, they only had a few tins left, so be sure to check out their website, EvilTeaCompany.com, to find the blend for you. Man, this is what's considered a Boss herbal tea, freeze-dried banana pieces, coconut shreds, dried mango pieces, and mmm, orange peel pieces, all natural flavors. I love this. I can drink this before bed, man. There's, you know, no caffeine boost or anything like that. Totally relaxing drink. And you probably heard during that sponsorship plug, my new puppy, Gus, barking in the background. So that'll be a normal thing on the Epic Film Guys podcast from now on. He likes to chirp and bark and make all kinds of noises. But Loy Sauce, for the first time in months, there's actually movie news to talk about on the epic film guys podcast say what yeah dude seriously why don't you fill our listeners in what we're talking about well the news broke today that alfred molina would be returning in the role of dr octopus oh my god in the upcoming spider-man 3 whatever they end up calling it spider-man home something (laughs) we don't know yet spider-man spider-man stuck at home from covid or the one that I loved the most from Tom Holland, he I think he tweeted this, Spider-Man Homeless. <laughs> I love that title for some reason. but That's probably um, what they're going to end up going with. But yeah, uh, this, oh is exci- this is exciting news because we already have had um, 
the news break earlier this year that Jamie Foxx would be returning as Electro. Uh, he'd be reprising his role from The Amazing Spider-Man 2. So we're starting to see the pieces being put together of a live-action Spider-Verse, essentially. I mean, well, it's pretty evident after the Spider-Verse movie how popular it was, how well it went down with critics and audiences, that it was like a really good idea. So, hey, why don't we do our version with live action? Yeah, um, and they hinted at it at the end of uh, Far From Home with the uh, J.K. Simmons cameo. Right, but, right. But it seems like it's actually coming together. And this is exciting because um, Alfred Molina, his performance as Doc Ock is one of the great comic book villain performances Dude. ever still still to this day and i replied to many comments and messages on instagram and facebook today still my favorite spider-man cinematic villain of all time i don't think anyone else up to this point i mean you correct me if i'm wrong white sauce i don't think anyone else has matched the character written on the page performed visual you name it so like this is a welcome addition i don't care someone commented they're like i'm sorry to see tom holland you know get pushed out this quick. And I was like, Iron Man Jr. Can deal with it. He had two shots. Okay. Let's just get everything we want in this last one. Like, so the rumors are hitting. I know it's probably happening. Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield returning as their respective versions of Spider-Man. What do you think of that? Is it going to happen? What are your thoughts on it? If it does look, I think at this point, I, I, I'm just wanting to see Garfield and Maguire back because I'm a fan of both of their interpretations of the role. And for them to be on screen with Holland, I think that would just be so much fun. It makes you wonder, are they going to ask Paul Giamatti back to be the Rhino? Are we going to see uh, Dane DeHaan as the Goblin again? Giamatti? Leave him. Do not. <laughs> please do not. I mean, I, I know the I know the love that man had for that character. I know he's a huge Spider-Man. He was having fan, a grand old time in that role. But please, no. <laughs> now I have seen so many comments today on social media with Willem Dafoe's face, just like if this means we could bring back this guy in in proper Green Goblin form, yes. And honestly, I mean, Dafoe was in Aquaman. He's not opposed to doing other comic book movies, so why the fuck wouldn't he come back for, like, a, a cameo? Or, I mean, you know, as long as we get to see that unused goblin animatronic mask that Sam Raimi came up with. They're not going to do the animatronic. It's going to be CGI or something if they end up doing something different with the goblin. Hey, they can right the wrongs, man. We know with these extended universes that they have the ability to do that now. So why the fuck not? Like, hey, y'all didn't like that version. Let's just fix it in five minutes in this version. But um, I agree with you 100%. Everyone on that's listened to this show, at least, um, if you're new to the show, you'll be learning right now that my favorite Spider-Man of all time is Andrew Garfield, and second would be Tobey Maguire. Um, I like Tom Holland, but... To me, he's Iron Man light. He's Spider-Kid. He's Iron Man Jr. Uh, I like the movies he's in for the most part. But if you listen to our Far From Home episode, mm. uh, we weren't really all that keen on it. And we had a lot of problems with it. But hey, when I visited the filming locations in Italy, uh, I took a picture in front of him. And sure. looked around and said, hey, look where Spidey. But uh, for tourist. real though, this is exciting news. And I know a lot of people are shitting on it. But guess what? 
shit on it all you want because you can't take happiness away from comic book movie fans. And I'm I'm shocked at you, Justin. This is the first time I've heard you excited about a comic book movie in about 15 years. Well, well I guess because I'll get to see two of my favorite Spider-Man's uh, cinematic. And like I said a few minutes ago, literally my favorite cinematic Spider-Man movie villain of all time. I'd have this. You can't see it, ladies and gentlemen, but I have this tattoo I got like two weeks after Spider-Man 2 because of how much I loved that movie. It's the logo from the spider suit, the back of his suit. So huge impact on me. Uh, Love that movie. In my opinion, it's been a foregone conclusion on this show that Spider-Man 2 is and will always be one of the best comic book movies of all time and has rarely been touched at even at this point in time. So yeah, it makes me excited to to see those faces back. And even so, whatever, if things aren't exactly what I want to see with the movie, I'm still cool with Tom Holland as Spidey. I have no problem. I just would love to see him be Spider-Man and not Spider-Boy who needs Iron Man. So, yeah, I, I know people's arguments with that, and they've told me so, and I don't care. You're wrong. It's fine. But on another note, leaving actual movie news aside for a moment, Loisos, this week on the Epic Film Guys podcast, we decided to do something, well, a little different, something a little naughty. Ooh. You want to tell them what we be talking about? Top five worst, worst Christmas movies. Woo! Worst. That's right. It's that time of year where well, most of us typically sit down with family and friends Relax by the fireplace, in your case at the beautiful mansion that is the McAllister house, and enjoy our favorite holiday movies, Christmas cookies in hand. But what about the shitty ones that there no are one ever lot. talks about? There are a lot of really bad Christmas movies. Well, we're going to do the dirty deed tonight and get knee deep in reindeer shit and talk <laughs> about them. So that's what's going to happen tonight. Top five worst Christmas movies in loy sauce. We can't, we can't really start this without me seeing you swig more off that peanut butter whiskey. Is there any left? There's plenty left. I'm going to take a little swig right now. All before right. I all right. All right. Unleash my rage. There it goes. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been many, many weeks, many, many months that we have not seen the sauce be boss with alcohol in hand. So, this is a special occasion. He's mad. He wants to rage on these Christmas movies. So let's let's start with you with your number five worst Christmas movie. I can't believe we're doing this episode. Seriously, I'm so excited. What is it? Let's hear it. Well, first of all, I'd like to thank my boyfriend, Steve, for giving us the inspiration for this episode. Because we could have talked about best Christmas movies. Sure, we could have. We could have talked about, you know, It's a Wonderful Life, Elf, you know, all of our favorites. But it's always nice sometimes to just be a little negative, have a little fun, talk about movies that we don't like in addition to the movies that we do like. So for number five, I had the distinct displeasure of seeing this for the first time against my will just last week, and I'm delighted to place it on its deserved spot of number five on this list. It's Dr. Seuss's The Grinch. 2018 from Illumination Studios. You finally watched it? You finally sat down and watched this thing? Well, we showed it at our 
local Alamo Drafthouse Cinema, actually at the drive-in. So I was working the drive-in, and once the movie starts, there's not much to do other than watch the movie. So I watched the movie. And um, so Illumination Studios, um, at this point, should be classified as a terrorist organization for what they did (laughs) to Dr. Seuss. (laughs) Benedict Cumberbatch plays the grumpy green curmudgeon in this animated adaptation of the classic story that we all know and love. Everyone knows and loves the Grinch. And he inexplicably adopts this American accent that makes the Grinch sound like a slightly disgruntled Whole Foods employee and not the mean one described in the song. Which, by the way, gets a hip-hop remix that will make you want to repeatedly stab a pair of rusty doll scissors directly into your ears. And who thought that Pharrell Williams would be a good substitute for the narrator role, once occupied by the likes of Boris Karloff, and Anthony Hopkins. I can answer that for you right now, and I've never seen the movie. No one. Literally no <laughs> one thought that. It just happened somehow, and you got to experience it. And why is the Grinch just walking around Whoville buying groceries and shit? Like, aren't the Who's supposed to be afraid of him? At any rate, the movie is just as ugly to look at as it is to listen to, and, and the animation has that really unappealing plasticky sheen that pervades all of Illumination's films. They all look the same. Um, An awful lot of the film's brief 85 minutes is spent on just like pointless minion hijinks. And you have to wonder why they bothered making it at all when they didn't have anything new or fresh to bring to the story. Oh, that's right. I know why. Money. I have a special kind of hatred for this movie, and it's not because, you know, my heart is two sizes too small or anything like that. It's because Illumination continues to earn its reputation for being the laziest and most pandering animation studio around, and yet their films continue just raking in the bucks, making the checks, making the cash. And I think Dr. Seuss is rolling furiously in his grave, knowing that his iconic creation was molested by the same creative team, creative team with big air quotes around it that, un- that unleashed the minions upon the world. Number I five. I haven't seen your face that the angry Grinch. in a long time. Wow. Well, anything having to do with the minions instantly rattles all of my cages and to have them uh, they don't appear necessarily in the movie except in the opening illumination logo but um i i hate the minions so much and this movie is full of like minion adjacent nonsense and i was uh dared to watch the minions movie (laughs) once upon a time i will not be watching minions 2 when it comes out you could not pay me to watch that film well, luckily, we can do whatever we want on this show, which means we can say, hey, fuck that movie. We're not going to talk about it. Or um, you could say, Loisos, you're <laughs> definitely reviewing that movie. and <laughs> There's nothing you could do about it. Listen, it could go either way. We know that our <laughs> listeners would love to hear you watch it and, and review it and talk about it. But I'm actually infamous for creating a meme on social media that went viral. I've talked about it on the show a few times. When the new Grinch came out, I hated the design so much and I hated watching the trailer so much that I made a meme that put the new version of the Grinch next to the original animated version of the Grinch. With the with, image Yeah, with the tell twisted them. with the twisted grin and the yellow teeth and the fucked up teeth. Yeah, that's the Grinch. Like he's about to like actually think about slashing your throat 
after he steals your gifts. Like, that's the Grinch we're talking about. The one that hates Christmas. Doesn't just dislike it. Doesn't just say, hey, you know, I don't do Christmas. No, I fucking hate this shit. That's the Grinch. And then I put that pussy-ass bitch version next to him. I said, this is the Grinch. This is not the Grinch. And that shit went viral and... I think we I think we got like five new followers on the page. So I think cool. I think it's because it's true. <laughs> I think people saw the meme and they were like, "Yes, absolutely accurate." Yeah. This image on the left is the Grinch. This image on the right, absolutely not the Grinch. Yeah, awful, awful, awful. So awful. that was your number five, and that could be could have been a full review on the show. Uh, God damn it! I have much more to say, but we we have uh, you know several more movies to talk about. At least. No, believe me here, and uh, so I'll, I'll I'll jump into my number five, a movie I watch literally every December, but it has to go on here. I've just totally accepted it this year. It finally happened. But come on, Jamie, are you sure you want that stupid fucking Turbo Man doll? Put that motherfucking cookie down now! You all know what it is. It has to be, ladies and gentlemen. Jingle all the way. I know you don't like this movie, and I watch this movie every single year. But, Voice House, this is a movie I saw opening night with my family. And even as a fifth grader, a bona fide Arnold fanatic back in 1996, I knew something was rotten at the North Pole. Something wasn't right. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger tries his absolute best to elevate this movie. Now, let's make it clear. Arnold, great, great at comedies. I mean, we had seen up until that point, Twins, Kindergarten Cop. We knew he could perform in a comedy setting. Yeah, Arnold can be funny in movies when he's not trying to be funny. When Arnold is trying to be funny, the results are disastrous. Well... He wasn't originally supposed to be in this movie, but since the Fox Planet of the Apes remake kept getting postponed, which he was attached to, he said, listen, they're not making they're not making that movie. I'll go do this Christmas family movie. Um, and, of course, produced by Christmas movie maestro Chris Columbus, he came up with this idea to produce this movie when, in 1995, he attempted to obtain a Buzz Lightyear action figure from the film Toy Story for his kid and was like, yo, why is this thing so hard to find? Why is there a huge line of people out of the store? Why can't I just grab the damn toy? And he, he saw somewhat of an idea and it was attracted to the dark side of the holiday. And he wanted to do a satirical version of that story, which is not, this was all before amazon.com existed. That's right. And I mean, I don't know why Loisos. I continue to watch it every single year. It probably is purely nostalgia, or it may be my favorite part of the movie when Sidbad chokes some random woman in line when they're outside a store waiting to see if they can grab a Turbo Man doll. For some reason, every time I see that scene where he's just freaking out and he randomly chokes a bitch, it makes me laugh out loud. <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's something really funny about that, but I love Arnold. And, dude, Darth Vader's in it. Anakin Skywalker. I mean, he's our boy. He's in that movie. So there's there's something weird. And Phil Hartman, okay, listen. Phil Hartman plays the character you want to hate. And you hate him, but you love it because you know in retrospect now, in, in 2020, it's Phil Hartman and you wish he was still alive. 
doing more amazing characters. He was just amazing as basically like the more heightened version of an asshole getting laid version of Ned Flanders from The Simpsons. How do doodly neighbor, you know? I mean, he's ba- Oh, I noticed you didn't put any lights on your house up for Christmas. I just figured I'd put them up while you weren't here. I was just baking cookies with your wife and sticking my dick up her ass. <laughs> I didn't think you'd mind. You know, I mean, seriously, though, um, that year at Christmas, up until that point, usually if there was a tie-in action figure or a stuffed animal or something, I would ask for it or I'd buy it myself. I was a sixth grader. I had some money. I went into Walmart and I saw the Turbo Man doll and it looked cheaper than it did in the fucking movie. You know, I was like, nope ain't getting that one but overall i don't know what it is about this movie maybe it's just because it's the only time i've ever seen arnold suit up as a superhero and like fly around with a jetpack um a lot went into making this movie you're you're, (laughs) you're grinning at me you're laughing at me but believe it or not a lot went into making this movie um and you can't beat the fact that you see arnold like literally whoop 10 santas in a row with a big plastic candy cane but I acknowledge the fact that it is a terrible, it is a very, very, very poorly executed Christmas movie. So it sure is. I finally, ladies and gentlemen, this is me finally accepting the fact this movie I've watched for so many years is bad and one of the worst, and understandably so. So my number five is 1996's Jingle All the Way. Damn. Well... Uh, this may or may not be coming up on my list soon. You'll have to see. I'm keeping okay, you in well, suspense. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm heavily anticipating. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't know each other's lists. I really wanted to be surprised during this episode. I swear I'm not lying to you. So number four, Loisas, I'm very excited to see where you're going with this. Justin, would you believe me if I told you that there was a feature film adaptation of The Nutcracker that features John Turturro leading a Nazi-esque regime of human-rat hybrids and Nathan Lane as Albert Einstein singing a musical number about the theory of relativity. In 2020, after a few drinks of Tito's, I'd probably believe that was true. (laughs) Well, it's real. I swear to God it's real. And it's called The Nutcracker in 3D. In 3D, yes. I've heard so much of this. Or The Nutcracker, The Untold Story, and it should have remained untold. Uh, This was supposedly the passion project of a Russian filmmaker named Andrei Konchalovsky, the director of Tango and Cash, among others. And he worked on it for over 20 years, which is pretty amazing. It's a long time to be working on a singular film. And it's a wonder that something so mind-bogglingly ill-conceived, so obviously terrible made its way past the pre-production stage. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) oh my God. The decision to include ghoulish imagery that invokes Nazi book burnings and swastikas and gas chambers in what is ostensibly a children's film is staggeringly inappropriate. And the the whole concept of making a bloated action blockbuster based on the Nutcracker is one that has proved to be uh, not good. <laughs> As proved hashtag, by... Hash, just hashtag not good. 
Anytime yes. you don't like a movie. Yes. As proved by Disney's The Nutcracker and The Four Realms from a few years back, which Nick, our former co-host, Epic Film Guy Nick and I reviewed. Uh, I watched The Nutcracker in 3D, in 2D, uh, on a whim, just because I had heard of its poisonous reputation, and it was even worse than I was anticipating. Even though I, I almost admire simply how wrong every single solitary creative decision is <laughs> uh, to see a filmmaker's vision fail so spectacularly and to know that it lost over 70 million dollars brings me a certain feeling of perverse joy but the film itself is far too joyless for that feeling to last so uh, number four the nutcracker in 3d wow <laughs> seriously did not expect that one I'm very surprised by your pick so far. I have to be honest with you, but wow. this next one, I I damn well know it will either be on your list or your honorable mentions. Another one that I watch every year, have not yet this year though, we'll see if it happens or not, but Luther, bring your frosty out of where I cut your fucking balls off. 2004's Christmas with the cranks you watch this every year really yes yes well usually during like my lunch break at work i'll come home during december and we'll just throw it on netflix has it or amazon prime and i mean i i I, my girl jamie lee bro i mean aside from my deep love for the legendary jamie lee curtis and everyone's favorite ghostbuster dan Aykroyd, i mean tim allen makes this movie almost unwatchable well, but i mean but he's a charisma vacuum in every movie really except weird. galaxy quest dude there's something really weird about this movie that every single year keeps bringing me back and i know that it's bad Why? i know that it's bad i know that it's terrible why do I keep watching it? I'm not drunk. It's like my lunch break. It's like early afternoon and I don't drink during work or anything like that. Believe me. But when you watch this movie, play, Justin, when you watch this, do you Christmas laugh at movie. all? Christmas movie. Is there one um, single no, laugh? Uncomfortable, actually. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just checking. But the weird thing about this movie, Lois House, and you may actually agree with me on this, is that Tim Allen is actually perfect to play a selfish pig headed dickhead that would rather go on a cruise than spend Christmas with his friends and family. So <laughs> I don't think it's selfish of him to go. On, I don't think that, it's, but, yeah, I don't think it's selfish of him to go on a cruise. I think it's selfish the way he says we're, we're completely skipping Christmas and that means our charitable donations. We're to boycotting the Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> you know, part of that charitable donation means that, that Cheech ain't getting high that Christmas. Cause He's one of the cops, and you and know Jake God damn well he's got a pocket full of blunts there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I love the cast in this movie. This was definitely a paycheck movie for my girl Jamie Lee, and she looks, honestly, if I'm being honest and straight up with you, she looks terrible in the movie. Yeah, um, this is easily Jamie Lee's worst performance ever. Uh, she was no, recently. Yeah, no. ab- absolutely it is. Not worst ever. Not she, worst performance ever. Absolutely it is. She is shrieking nonstop the entire movie. And recently she was given the honor of greatest of all time screen queen, but not for this movie. Which she is. Which she is. Well, this is not a horror film. But she's and screaming all the way through it. Prior to this, let's just... It is a horror film. <laughs> 
Well, different kind of horror film, but it is a horror no, film. No, I well, I guess it is, but I mean, this movie is so heightened, such a heightened reality that it gets to the point where you're like, not none of this is even remotely close to being realistic. Um, Dan Aykroyd finding his way in there. You like I like that trading places connection there a little bit, but other than that, I don't. Again, I have no idea why Loisos. I watch this one every year. I know why I watch Jingle All the Way every year, but uh, again, as I was going to say earlier, and you very rudely cut me off during the Christmas season, which I can't believe you would do. Oh, I'm so uh, sorry. A screenplay by Chris Columbus. Yeah. So two movies in a row on a top five worst Christmas movie list. Involving Chris Columbus. Uh, I mean, it's based on a John Grisham story, which, hey, listen, I, I can't really comment on that, but I can comment on the honey-baked ham, and I can comment on the fact that when their daughter comes back at the end of the movie and her boyfriend is of a different race, there's a lot of racism involved and like a guy plays like a Spanish song on a guitar and he's like, Oh, you know my language. And like, they go off into a corner and immediately that character is like pushed off to the side. It's really uncomfortable, really weird. And it's very obvious that that actor is not actually from that location. He's just really tan. So yeah. (laughs) Christmas with the Craigs at my number four. Well, this movie is truly ghastly, but I did not include it on my top five because I knew that I can't believe (laughs) because I knew that you were going to be putting it on your top five. So I didn't even bother touching it because I I, I just knew. But yeah, dreadful film. I still love you, Jamie Lee. You putting your head against mine and taking that selfie of us together. I'll never forget it. It's one of my best memories ever. So if you ever end up listening to this, please don't hate me for putting Christmas with the cranks on my list. I'll probably still watch it like really later this month and no one will know. I'm sure she hates it too. Loisos. <laughs> well, there's movies she'll never talk about. I mean, believe me, I've, I've, I've heard the list of movies they've they've tried to interview her about and she's like nope but you know damn well she made at least a million for christmas with the cranks i believe it we know how much you love tim allen we know how much you love tim allen i had to put it on my list maybe we should do a tim allen episode in general (laughs) just to make you happy but moving along (laughs) to your number three Jack Frost from 1998 specifically the heartwarming family what (laughs) so um dude are you are you really gonna make me rant on you do I have to zip my lip for a minute to let you speak rant all you want dare you put this movie on your list are you gonna defend Jack Frost oh my god I've defended more than one Jack Frost on this show before (laughs) do I have to defend another one (laughs) Go ahead. I'll. All right. I'll. Okay. Bite your tongue, sir. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I'll bite my tongue. I'll stick a candy cane down it. How about I put a candy cane covered schlong down it real quick to shut myself up? Okay. Weisshaus, I'm sorry. I love you. Speak, please. You should be sorry for defending Jack Frost, 1998. But, but, but. 
Go yeah, ahead. Michael Keaton. I know exactly what you're going to say. Michael Keaton's in it. Um, Batman's the snowman, dude. <laughs> Come on. Snow dad's better than no dad. But yes, uh, Michael Keaton star- Michael Keaton stars as Jack Frost because, of course, <laughs> that's his name. Isn't he like a jazz musician or blues he's, musician yeah, or something? He's the front man of a terrible blues band. And at the beginning, <laughs> they're performing this... <laughs> this cringe-inducing cover of Frosty the Snowman. And this proves to be prescient because... Uh, he ends up skipping out on his son's ho- hockey game to to go play a show instead, and he ends up being punished for it by getting killed in a car accident and coming back to torment his family as uh, a creature about a hundred times more terrifying than the killer snowman in the horror movie entitled Jack Frost from a year prior. Which we reviewed many years ago. Which we did, yes. Uh, look up our B-side on Jack Frost. It's a good time. But the design of this snowman from the Jim Henson Creature Shop no doubt sent thousands of children out of the theater screaming. And the film is just drenched in this sickening sentimentality that makes you want to heave up your eggnog. Um, I have distinct memories. This film was shown to me in class in elementary school you were like a newborn baby when this came out right i was like five or something so i was i was a wee elementary schooler and they wheeled in the tv and uh they they showed us jack frost and um at the end when the keaton snowman is melting i wasn't wiping away tears i was thinking finally (laughs) now had you already seen either of the burton batman movies at this point no i was too young okay so at this point, if you had already seen Tim Burton's Batman, you'd be like, fuck yeah, bro. Batman's that snowman. <laughs> Throw a battering at that kid's fucking face. Look, I, I respect that, you know, this movie might have struck a chord with people who may have lost a parent. Uh, I respect that. I respect the hard work that the Jim Henson Company put into articulating this monstrosity of a snowman character. Uh, but the movie is just so shamelessly manipulative and so just downright creepy that it's that it's haunted my dreams ever since I saw it. So Jack Frost. I've always enjoyed that the snowman like creeps in the window and he's like looking at the family and yeah, and then he comes in at the end and like he like kisses his sleeping son on the head and it's just like that should warm your heart. It just sends shivers down my spine. Isn't there a scene where like when he's looking at his ex-wife or whatever is well still his wife at that point a a big icicle comes out from the midsection of the snowman you're thinking of the other one (laughs) (laughs) oh okay but yes rest rest in peace kelly preston too yes 100 percent uh john travolta's wife very sad she was a great actress actually and she whatever you can hate on that movie and i'll be straight up with you it's not one that i've revisited a lot because that came out way after um it would have been a movie that I would have watched for Christmas season. But later on, like if it was on TV when I did have cable or whatever, I'd be like, yo, my, the best Batman of all time is a snowman. So <laughs> fuck. Yeah. I'm going to watch this. And there's like, there's a scene where he's like, they're sledding down a hill or something. And I was like, okay, cool. Or whatever. But it, okay, cool. This is one that I expected there to be some considering you were literally a newborn baby when this movie came out to be movies that resonated more with you, especially in the nineties than they did me because we're from completely different time frames. 
so we'll see with the next few if we connect or not. I'm actually very surprised that so far we haven't actually run over each other with any of these, but great pick, man. Seriously. I didn't see this on any of the other worst lists or when we posted it on our social media, no one was like, yeah, fuck that Jack Frost movie. The Batman is the snowman. No one said that. This is all you. So no one can ever hate. on. I'm not alone. In this sake. Movie. <laughs> I can't be. I refuse to believe it. They still aired on TV every year. So. Oh, sure. They do. I believe uh, they air every movie piece classics. of crap on TV every year. So for me, my number three, um, how dare they, Loisos? Oh. How dare you touch on such sacred ground as Home Alone? Did they actually think they would be able to capture the magic of the first film, the fun of the sequel, or Culkin's magnetic charm? How dare they? John Hughes, you pissed all over your own fucking grave, dude. It's 1997's Home Alone 3. That's not a Christmas movie. It takes place in January. Your list it is invalid. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it comes out during the winter. It's a Home Alone movie. It is widely considered a Christmas movie. And since we just talked about Home Alone, listen to our Home Alone 30th anniversary retrospective from a few weeks ago. We're just plugging all of our old episodes. I'm today, allowed right? to discuss it. I well, couldn't put four on there. Well, here's the thing. I I, I hate this movie. Um, so before you begin, I just want to put that out there. And I debated putting it on my list, but I did some research, and it found, I found out that it takes place in January. So I didn't put it on my list, but hey, gouge away. Talk about listen. why you hate this movie, because I do too. Well, listen, we can t- talk about it together since you didn't include it on your list, but I thought you were going to, so I was actually expecting for us to have a crossover and a great discussion. So, hey, here it is anyways. I mean, for me, the only redeeming thing about this movie is when the huge weight barbell gag falls on two goons and smashes them in the head, which would totally split <laughs> their skulls open. Dude, couldn't they have at least hired some goons with some type of name recognition associated with them? Like, how about Ray Liotta or Christopher McDonald or, like, Billy Zane or something? They've got a bunch of no-namers in here. And this kid, Alex D. Linz, who's gone on to a majorly successful Hollywood career, not, fills in from Harry Culkin. I mean, he was the voice of Arnold on Hey Arnold for a few episodes here and there, and... uh he was the kid in the cable guy, so good for him, though, I guess. Wasn't he the sure. liar, liar kid? I thought that, but he's not. He oh. looks just like him. He's not, though. Oh, okay. So he's in... I was like, dude, it's the kid from two Jim Carrey movies. Nope, it's, he's only from one. Um, but honestly, what hurts me the most about this movie is not that they touch on sacred ground. I'm being somewhat silly in saying that, but Home Alone is very important to all of us. I mean, most of us, it's one of the best Christmas movies ever made. And even the sequel, which we know Loisos loves. I absolutely do not, but that's for another time. You enjoy it. Listen, you enjoy, you enjoy, you enjoy it. I'd rather watch home alone two any day. I'd rather watch it on a loop than watch home alone three. Okay. So there it is. So I did not see this movie when it, it was 1997. I saw it much later when my kid was young and it was like airing on Disney channel or whatever. And I was like, dude, how, how, 
how could they possibly think that this same formula could work with a different kid? Same shtick. It's like how many years later? Five years after the second film. Um, and what hurts me the most, which I'm getting to, is that John Hughes actually wrote this thing. Um, he didn't really have any big hits after the first Home Alone. I mean, he did write Home Alone 2, Dutch, and some other stuff, the Miracle on 34th Street reboot slash remake, which I did not talk about on this list because I actually kind of like. But he never found his his footing in the, the 90s. The 90s were really tough for John Hughes. And then, like, he kind of secretly passed away in his mansion alone, and it's a really weird, strange, like, Citizen Kane type of story but when i think that he wrote this movie and i sit down to watch this movie no one gives a fuck that it takes place in january there's snow on the ground um it hurts the legacy of home alone movies but above all it hurts the legacy of john hughes and i know he wrote like curly sue and a bunch of other bad shit in the 90s but baby's day out you like that movie. Don't even give me that look. You like Baby's Day Out. Ladies and gentlemen, if you can see his fucking face, biggest grin in the world. You'd think that he has a permagrin like the Joker fucking guessed him with a smilex or something. But yeah, so Home Alone 3 had to make my list just because to me, it is disrespectful to the Home Alone movies. I had to find a way to plug our Home Alone 30th anniversary retrospective episode in this episode because it's doing so well and... I love that movie so much, and I hope you guys listen to it. And also, this movie's just a piece of shit. It's like a Disney-fied version, which we're going to get another one of these. And there were two more after this, which were equally, if not worse. But Those, were, those had, were actual TV movies. But but this actually had a budget and a studio behind it. And think about it. Logically, I am wrong. They probably could have found a kid with charisma that was somewhat decent as a substitute for Macaulay Culkin. They could have found some people as good goons, but they could have found a director who knows how to do slapstick comedy. Yeah. None of which occurs in home alone three. So what is also you, this was your wheelhouse, man. You were five years old when this came out, right? I, this was a blockbuster rental, I believe. Yes, I, I watched it, and um, I think I, I think I laughed at a few things, but even as a kid, I was able to understand the difference between what makes the original Home Alone a classic and one that I loved watching. Well, look at you, and one a that professional made, film critic at five years old. Well, I had questionable taste back then. You know, I had crap taste in movies, and even I knew that Home Alone 3 paled in comparison to the, to the first two. And it's not even a movie that I would even ever want to revisit for any reason, ever. Whereas the original Home Alone is a perennial classic. So let's waste no more time talking about Home Alone 3. <laughs> but Loisos, we got to get on to you for your number two. Well, you mentioned uh, this film already, but I just have to, oh. I just oh. have to chime in here with... Um, Fucking jingle all the way. Jesus Christ. See, you, t you mentioned earlier, I mean, Chris Columbus is responsible for some of the greatest Christmas movies ever made. You know, Gremlins, Home Alone, as was just mentioned <laughs> moments ago. But he's also responsible for some of the worst. 
Christmas with the Cranks and, and Jingle All the Way? What What is he doing? Christmas Chronicles 2. Oh, no. Don't tell me that. It was bad. I haven't watched it yet. I like the first one. Oh. First one's great. Second one's trash, dude. For oh. real. It's bad. Kurt Russell's good. Goldie Hawn's good. The rest of it's trash. That's me saying, like, I'm not going to spend the time to review it on our show because it's trash. Well, thanks for dampening my Christmas spirit. Go watch it anyway. <laughs> there's lots of minion-like elves in the movie. Yeah, that was my there's least one, favorite there's aspect There's one of the it. chainsaw. It's cool. Oh. For, like, two seconds. but So, like a strike reference, like a Gremlins reference. No, I don't think so. Oh. All right, well... Anyway, so yeah, Chris Columbus, uh, he's made some diamonds and he's made some turds, but... I got the doll, come on, I got the doll, too. come on, you want the doll? He also produced Jingle All the Way, which is a nightmarish plunge into soulless materialism that has, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger stumbling from one contrived comic set piece to the next. And it would be one thing if this were like a PG-13 or R-rated dark satire on consumerism, but it's not really. I mean, it has elements of that, but the film wants to be like a heartwarming family film at the same time. So it wants to have its cake and eat it too. And you can't have it both ways. You can't have a scene in which Sinbad threatens the police with a bomb on his quest to get a Turbo Man doll and have a scene (laughs) in which Arnold runs away from the silly reindeer. And by the way, Sinbad gives one of the most obnoxious performances in any movie that I've ever seen. Yeah, but like I said earlier on, he chokes that random bitch for no reason, which is amazing. <laughs> Unbearable. Anytime he's on screen, as is Jake Lloyd. And look, I don't I don't want to hate on Jake Lloyd just for the sake of it. I mean, he gets so much he gets so much vitriol thrown his way due to his performances. Little Annie in The Phantom Menace, but you know, I, I simply think he was a kid actor doing his job. I'm not going to hate on him. But when I watch Jingle All the Way, I want to throttle this kid. I just want to take him by the throat and just... Yeah. Endless parade of awkward pratfalls. And most egregiously, it celebrates just the crass commercialism of Christmas. And yeah, it's a hunk of coal. I hate it. Which is weird. It's it's weird that that's what it, you feel that it celebrates and in the end, it kind of does celebrate considering the movie itself actually put out merchandise, in particular action figures of the Turbo Man character, when the whole reason why Chris Columbus wanted to make it was to do a satire on basically the whole Power Rangers thing, which I was a huge part of. I mean, when Power Rangers came out, I wanted the Megazord, and my parents went to like 15 different Walmarts and Kmarts and found it. I also wanted the Dragon Zord. They did the same thing the following Christmas. And that's what this movie was kind of based on, was that it was the obsession with finding that year's toy. The Tickle Me Elmo, if you will. The Cabbage Patch doll of the 80s. And none of that was what this movie was. So at the end of the movie, with this totally unrealistic situation with Arnold actually putting on a jetpack... And him and his his son, a functioning jetpack, by the way. Yeah, him and his son finding kind of this common ground with, oh well, I don't need the Turbo Man doll, Dad, because I have Turbo Man at home. But also, how the fuck, bro? You ain't blind. Seriously, this is worse than people being like, I can't tell that it's Bruce Wayne and Batman that they're two different people. 
You can't tell that's your fucking dad talking to you when he's in the mic. He's like, come on, Jamie, please. Come on, get over there. It's like, dude, it's clearly your dad with the Austrian accent. For real, bro. It's Arnold. Like, the kid must be stupid. Maybe he doesn't deserve a Turbo Man that year. Like, yo, kid, you're too fucking stupid. You didn't even know that was your own dad. Yeah, not too bright and uh, not too bright a script either. Yeah. Jingle all the way. Number two. All right, well. And a number two is a very fitting phrase to describe this movie. Moving along to my number two, and I'll make this very quick. This was such a huge disappointment upon its release. It's 2016's Bad Santa. The sequel that Loisos literally no one asked for. And no No one one wanted. (laughs) No one saw it. And that Billy Bob Thornton did not want to do. They eventually got him to do. And... Did they just show up at his house with like a truckload of cash and they said, Billy Bob. More like a station wagon, but more like the Griswold station wagon. That's what I imagined in my head. But it's it's literally loaded with the same kind of garbage that we loved in the first movie. But the first movie was so original and so different. That's the movie that every single year, Lois said, I'll be completely honest with you. I get hammered once a year. And once a year, I'll not that I'm saying I only get hammered once a year, but there's once a year in December where I will get hammered and I'll go, it's bad Santa night where I will put that on specifically to enjoy the alcohol. It is one of the greatest Christmas movies ever made, if not in the top 100 comedy movies ever made. It's literally lightning in a bottle. And it's weird that they decided to do a, a sequel to this. Now, I know that like FX and the like reran the original movie every single year. Netflix had it for like 10 years on their listing. But the sequel immediately offends you when it opens in the same way. You see him puking in the fucking alleyway. And the moment that I knew that I was not going to like this movie and that I was not going to support it in any way is when I saw them make Christina Hendricks's character get butt fucked in an alleyway. And no. I was like, Nope. Doing that to her in general as an actress. It's degrading. Um, well, it's if it was anybody else, it may feel differently to me. I'm just being straight up with you. But for her knowing what kind of strong characters she's performed as in other series or films and uh and her tv show it's it's just it immediately put me off and i was like nope puts a bad taste in your mouth it is it's 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 like that rotten candy cane that's been sitting at the bottom of the barrel for three years and someone's dog pissed on it and you (laughs) put it in your mouth and you're like oh yeah that's kind of okay. That kind of tastes like something that I used to like, but it's not what I was hoping for now. It's forgetful. And I remember going to Alamo draft house when you guys booked it. And I went inside the theater just to see how many people were in there. And there was like five people in there. And I was like, Nope, not going to do this one. Unfortunately. Um, yeah, it, it's above home alone three on my worst of list, but listen, Home Alone already had a sequel that was subpar by comparison. Bad Santa is legitimately like 
legend in the world of combining hysterical drunk bar humor with Christmas. And Billy Bob Thornton's performance is fucking magic. It is something you can never top on screen. It is a comedy masterpiece. And I mean, and Kathy Bates hamming it up. And this is like the point in Hollywood. And they're like, yeah, let's put her in everything again. No, thank you. Seriously, Bad Santa 2. It should be stricken from the record. Stricken from Santa's book. Stricken, I say. Naughty list. Throw that shit in the trash and burn it to death. Tell us how you really feel, Justin. Well, I'm telling you, but did you see that movie? Nope, never did. Oh, look at you. Look at you. Yeah. And openly, I admit that I've only watched it intoxicated, and still it did nothing for me. So moving on for your, here it is. This is it. This is the big time. We're opening Santa's sack right now. What kind of goodies are in here, Loisa? I can't (laughs) wait to see. If this is my number one, I'm going to freak out. It's not, I promise. probably isn't. Go ahead. (laughs) Number one. So... When I posted the question to our fan group, the Hobster's Dumpster, over on Facebook, I asked our listeners, our friends, what's the worst Christmas movie you've ever seen? And surprisingly, a couple people, in fact, it was more than a couple, it was getting concerning after a while, responded with a Christmas story. In fact, They hate Christmas, bro. They hate it. <laughs> Look, I mean, I get it. I mean, people's tastes are different. You know, it's hard to overstate the amount of venom that our former co-host Nick has for a Christmas story. So despite its status as a holiday staple, there are people who for one reason or another can't relate to or can't embrace that film. But regardless of how you feel about the, you know, the 1983 original directed by Bob Clark, even those people who hate a Christmas story would have to admit that it's an undisputed masterpiece in comparison with a Christmas story 2. Oh my God, you're actually putting this on your list. I watched it, and it's the worst thing. Okay, so this is what I would consider the unmitigated nadir of what has become known as the Christmas movie. In fact, I would consider it the anti-Christmas movie. It is indicative of everything wrong with Hollywood. It hijacks the goodwill of a beloved institution, that of course being a Christmas story, and it tarnishes its legacy. And Justin... Who directed this film? I don't know. I never saw it. None other than Brian Levant, who also directed Jingle All the Way. Oh, my God. Officially on my director's shit list. Look at you schooling me here. Now, I've I got to be open and authentic here. I never saw this because I didn't know it was a thing until like three years after it existed. There was little to no promotion for this thing. I, I believe it didn't even land in theaters, right, Lois? No, it was a direct video So there, there that is. But they were just hoping they would, when they had it in the, the $5, or at this point, $3 Walmart bin, <laughs> that someone would go, hey, dude, it's the guy from... It's got Daniel Stern in it, right? Sure does. He plays yeah, the old so, man terribly. So they're like, yeah, th- throw the dude from Home Alone in it. People will buy it. Well, yeah. Well, I, this was a—I think this was a red, red box rental. I don't—I don't even remember how I saw this, but the premise is that uh, little Ralphie, who's now a teenager, wants a car for Christmas so that he can impress a girl that he likes. And the movie is pretty much—it hits the exact same beats 
as the original. It's extremely derivative and so desperate to remind you of the original that, you know, everything makes a return, the leg lamp, all of that. And Ralphie even has these interludes, these elaborate daydreams, which makes sense when he's a little boy. But when he's a teenager, it, it just comes across as psychotic. And the film is awash in this sepia tone to like try to match the tone of the original, but it only adds to the veneer of falseness that's just smeared across the entire film. The appeal of the original is that it was this small, quaint film. Nostalgia. Right. It was little more than a collection of relatable and nostalgic you know, observations about one kid's experiences around the holidays. And ironically, that little film has over the years been commercialized to the nth degree. It's since morphed into this grotesque aberration of itself, sprouting merchandise and and product tie-ins and stage musicals. Hey, Loisos, next Christmas, do you want to go with me and I'll spend five grand to rent out the Christmas story house and we can stay in it together and get drunk? (laughs) That sounds like a good idea. Because you can do that now. I mean, you're totally right in saying so. That's what they've done with it. But what Bob Clark really wanted to do with that movie, and we've never actually talked about that movie on this podcast to full extent for obvious reasons we're not going to get into. Um, I love that movie. And it really was just like his nostalgic look at what the holiday was to people um, within the context of the period that they were writing about absolutely and and there were a couple complaints i mean again i completely understand if you don't like this movie you can go right ahead and not like it Um, no listen if you don't like a christmas story go fuck yourself (laughs) and go take your dick and stick it into a light socket until you electrocute yourself but i think one of the common complaints that people have is that like there's no story you know a kid wants a rifle for christmas and he gets it so what but but the thing about that movie is that it's not about the story it's about the moments the, I, I will always remember, it's probably one of my favorite scenes from the original, in which Randy is under the sink and he's crying. And the mother asks, you know, what's wrong? He's like, Daddy's gonna kill Ralphie! And I love that moment because she calms him down, she comforts him, she says, he's not gonna kill Ralphie. And she just gives him his milk and lets him stay under the sink and just, she allows him to be sad. And, and little moments like that, I think, are so recognizable, so beautiful. And this like grotesque facsimile of of the movie and trying to recreate the iconic moments of the movie the whole uh, sticking your tongue into something and getting it stuck they recreate that they recreate all of the scenes that you remember but it doesn't have the same effect it's it's incredibly derivative and the marketing materials from this film this thing touted itself as the official sequel well, the people responsible for this movie can officially suck my dick. Christmas Story 2, my number one worst Christmas movie ever. And listen, just because you said so, that means I absolutely have to watch it nope. this Christmas you season. Don't. I promise you, you don't. I've never seen it. So the fact that it was your number one, it has to be on my list to watch. But boy sauce. Go for it. <sighs> Do it. My number one. <laughs> Let's hear it. Any, do you have any idea what it is? I don't. We we did not uh, confer on our list, so I have no idea what you're about to say. Lay it on us. Ah, 
well, you did text me about it, so that's a little bit of a clue. But uh, this Christmas, Santa's looking for the perfect replacement. No, this ain't no Theodore Rex. This ain't no ghost. Motherfuckers, this is Whoopi's fucking Goldberg Santa Claus. Oh, my God. Call me Claus. <laughs> which <laughs> What is this? A made-for-TV movie that aired on TNT in December of 2001. I recall seeing bits and pieces of it, yes, as a youngster. And, uh, yeah, it's one of the worst, most insane, crazy things I've ever seen in my entire life. For some reason, last year, I believe AMC played it, and I sent you a screenshot, and you're like, (laughs) what the fuck is this dude there's literally a scene of Whoopi goldberg with the santa hat on singing i am santa i am santa while doing an egyptian dance okay uh, okay the film at the time included five brand new songs from country singer garth brooks so if you were a country <laughs> fan you know this you were is waiting the movie for you watch this shit but I, for the most part i really wanted to stay away from made for tv stuff because I love our our Lord and Savior, Destruction in Human Form, Jared Taylor. When we posted this on our Facebook page and in our fan group, The Hopesters Dumpster, like, what is the worst Christmas movie ever made? He just posted Hallmark movies and left it there. And I'm like, yeah, that could be like a million of them. And that's not any ground that I ever tread on. I never go there. But with this one, I've seen it more than once. And I was like... Yo, at the end of this movie, Whoopi Goldberg literally has her dreads spray painted fucking white oh, while she's no. in the sleigh. And she's like, yeah, I'm Santa. And I'm like, no, nope, wait, OK, something's wrong here. What's the premise? Is she actually Santa Claus? Santa Claus, who's run his 200 year reign, is deciding for a replacement. He decides on Whoopi, who's the character's name's Lucy a grouchy shopping network executive who basically hires him as like a local Christmas Santa for decorations and presence on the network. And it's a rehash of shit we've already seen in like 15 other movies. But if you watch this movie, I think that you will enjoy it. You think so? You really I think, think so? you will. Okay. I mean, it's Whoopi Goldberg with her dreads spray painted white. <laughs> She dances down the hall. Go, I am Santa. I am. Sa-. I mean, it is probably the worst Christmas related thing I've ever fucking seen. And if you watch the trailer, it's like the like Academy Award winner, Whoopi Goldberg. And then, of course, poor Nigel Hawthorne, who this is his last performance. Oh, yeah. Good actor plays Santa, looks like Santa performs as well as he can. He looked like he was on his deathbed during the production of this film which is really sad but dude this chick's literally like a producer on a home shopping network and the real santa's like yeah i found the right person to be santa now rip off of Ernest saves christmas anyone i was just about to Thank say you. this sounds very familiar <laughs> but dude i and mean if, of all the movies to rip off that one really I mean, well, Ernest Saves Christmas is usually a yearly staple for me, but whenever I put it on, my wife nor my kid want to be involved. They go in opposite rooms, so I'm the only one viewing that one. I do think Ernest Saves Christmas, for all of its 
earnestness is um it has one of the best it's bad well it's bad but it has one of the best uh on-screen santa clauses ever well for sure yeah 100 percent. and it has some heart in there sure i mean they're they're trying to to find some heart in the situation of this girl that's gone astray and getting her back on track and finding you know the purpose of christmas and family and this movie which i've watched probably twice my entire life and i openly admit it but it had to make my list because i'm like yo there ain't no other fucking movie that will be Goldberg puts on a fucking rent a Santa suit that looks like it costs all of fucking 10 fucking cents and fucking spray paints her fucking dreads white. And she's like, yo, I'm Santa, bitch. I've never even until you brought it to my attention. I'd never even heard of this thing. So I sent you a photograph <laughs> last year when I was on the treadmill at work during my break and AMC was playing. And you're like, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, yo, bro, we need to talk. So. If anything, I hope that I'm bringing attention to Call Me Claws. Again, a made-for-TV movie that aired on TNT in December of 2001, which apparently has since continuously appeared on Lifetime, Freeform, and, of course, the Hallmark Channel. Oh, So yeah. there it is there, Loy Sauce. I mean, I can't shit on Call Me Claws as hard as I want to because... It literally is in the category of so bad it's good. And I wanted to make very clear on at least my list. I know it's not on yours, but my list does not entirely mean that these are so bad that they're good or that I enjoy them in some way, but or that they're so terrible. I, I kind of watch some of these movies, but I acknowledge that they are the worst of the worst when it comes to Christmas movies. So we have to get to... Our honorable mentions, and Lois House, I'm forcing you on this. Well, um, again, there are so, so many bad holiday movies. Um, you mentioned Christmas with the Cranks. Dreadful, dreadful film. Uh, the Santa Claus, another Tim Allen quote classic. Fuck out of here. I hate the Santa, the Santa Claus. Santa Claus is great. Those terrible CGI reindeer and all that rules. Look, go watch it if you have a 4K TV on <laughs> Disney Plus in 4K. You get to see those terrible CGI reindeer and all their beautiful CGI-ness. It was 1994. I could give him a pass. But, uh, you know, the, the, the script and the performances and the premise is just horrifying. Guy murders Listen, Santa on Christmas. Full retrospective. Full <laughs> retrospective, the Santa Claus. It has oh, to happen. Oh, no. No. And the sequels are just as bad, if not worse. Um, but yeah, the whole trilogy belongs in the garbage can. Uh, Adam Sandler's eight crazy nights. Is this a Hanukkah movie? Is this a Christmas movie? Who cares? It's awful. Whoa. Now I've heard a lot of love for this one. You're actually throwing this one in your absolutely, mentions? absolutely. Another film that celebrates commercialism around the holidays. And I just don't abide that. Um, and it also features Sandler giving the most obnoxious performance as, uh, Whitey, I believe his name is, the neighbor, who talks like this the entire movie. Now, I thought you just said that his worst performance was in the Hoobie Halloween, so which is it? Which, which I actually liked. I liked that film. I enjoyed it quite a bit. But um, Listen to you, hating on Adam Sandler and loving him all in the same sentence. He's a very polarizing figure. I, I don't quite understand Adam Sandler. Uncut Gems is still one of the best films of the year. 
Yeah, and he's great in that, no matter what certain people say. <laughs> no one gives a fuck what anybody else says. Uh, and my and finally, my last honorable mention. Are they even? Should we even call them honorable mentions? Yes, we're calling them that because that's what we're calling them. More like dishonorable mentions. Um, Fred Claus, starring Vince Vaughn. Oh, you don't like that one. I saw a lot of love over on our boy Drew Hallam from Real Feels. Really? By the way, Drew, you're the fucking man if you're listening for that amazing gift. The Michael Myers Halloween 2 socks and the Michael Myers shirt that I got today. Yes, Drew. Thank you very much. I got my, my fleece blanket with... It's the Scooby... Do mystery machine. Oh my god, you got a Scooby Doo fucking fleece? But it's dude? not just Scooby Doo. It has driving in the mystery machine. It has Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees all riding along in the mystery machine. Wow. Pretty amazing fleece blanket. So thank you, Drew. That was extremely kind of you of the Real Feels podcast. We appreciate Drew's you the so man. much. Drew's the, the man. man. He, he I'm the sure man. right now at, upon this recording, he's enjoying his brand new 4K television that I assisted him verbally at least uh, in obtaining. And he seems he's, it's like 85 inches, dude. It's Holy fucking shit. huge, dude. He's super excited about it. So I'm super excited for him. He's like, what should I get? And I was like, here's some options. And then he sent me a thing. He's like, yeah, I got this. And I'm like, Holy fuck, bro. You're totally outdoing me and everybody else. So Drew's the man. He's been a huge supporter of the Epic film guys podcast. So showing some love for him during the Christmas season, he's literally not only one of the best movie podcasters we know, but one of the most humble, amazing people and teachers we know. So go give his podcast some love. Go check them out. Well, that's it, Justin. Uh, what about you? Honorable mentions, dishonorable mentions, as I say. Honorable mentions. Santa Claus, the movie from 1985. Oh, yeah. Um, not a good one. I've tried to get into it on numerous occasions. Just plastic, just like the toys that Santa produces no heart to it and uh the next one i'll get some heat but fucks i give her zero because it's the epic film guys love actually it sucks it's bland i don't find it at all enjoyable uh don't understand why people love it so much it ages worse and worse every year it has one of the most amazing casts listen yes that's i mean alan rickman is the only reason to watch that movie am i right or am i wrong it has its charms, but it's very spotty. It's like you didn't answer the question. It's Alan Rickman or nothing. God damn it, Loisos. He is amazing, but his character's a jerk there it in is. the movie. It's well, he's always jerk. a jerk in most stuff. No. When does he play a non-jerk in any movie? We love him in everything he does. He's always a jerk. The Santa Claus too. How can you do such an amazing Christmas masterpiece <laughs> as the Santa Claus? Get out of here. <laughs> So the Santa Claus 2 specifically and not the Santa Claus 3, the escape clause starring Martin Short as Jack Frost. After the second one is so bad, you're like, yo, they literally put like a cyborg fucking android Santa Claus in this bitch. You're like, all bets are off. And the last one is I'll Be Home for Christmas starring none other than Jonathan Taylor Thomas. A Disney movie that when you look at it at the face value, you're like, oh, a Disney Christmas movie with Jonathan Taylor Thomas, but watch the trailer. Ladies and gentlemen, you'll be like, what the fuck is this thing? And why did I never see it? Because it was bad. It's terrible. Was that Disney it's horrible. too? Yes, it was Disney. God damn it, Disney. It's on Disney Plus right now. 
they're including it. So like, yo, remember that movie that 10 of you saw back then? Yeah. Way back in 1998, way after Jonathan Taylor Thomas was like a thing after he left home improvement. So your love of Tim Allen leads to your love of Jonathan Taylor Thomas, which led to another Christmas movie. It's there, but there are plenty of other movies that could have been on my honorable mentions. And we specifically decided to leave horror horror off of this list because y'all know what me and Lois also be talking about, right? A certain 2019 remake. I wouldn't be able to shut up about it. So it would have just been like us rehashing a previous review, which go back to 2019 and listen to our Black Christmas review of Blumhouse's Black Christmas remake. Less of a remake and more of a politically correct piece of shit movie. Just slapping the name of a classic movie on top of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got to talk about the 2006 Black Christmas remake at some point. We do because, well, we'll just let our listeners in on a little secret. When we watched the 2019 Black Christmas, what did we do, Lois? We went home. As soon as we got home. We went home and we watched the 2006 Black Christmas to watch the taste out of our mouths. Well, I, I first got very hammered. Well, that too. We, we, co- and we commiserated we over a over a glass of beer i think i drank like a whole bottle of whiskey that (laughs) night but i'm just saying just saying but ladies and gentlemen all hijinks all nonsense aside thank you so so much for listening to the epic film guys podcast in this very special holiday centric top five worst christmas movies top five we could have done top 10 we could have done top 15 top 20 voice house would be on the floor dead but (laughs) That is it for this episode. Seriously, thank you so, so much for listening, and thank you so much for your continued support. Our very special... I'm so excited. I'm rubbing my hands here. Voice sauce. Our very special Patreon patron Christmas packages are about to go out as of the recording of this episode. I can't wait for you guys to get them. And if you're interested in becoming a patron... Of the Epic Film Guys podcast. Loisos, you got to tell them what it's all about. So you can find us on patreon.com slash epicfilmguys. Become a patron and you'll get cool stuff. We're just in the process of revamping our Patreon tiers. But no matter mm-hmm. what no matter what tier, you'll get access to early episodes, exclusive content, and goodies like what we're sending out to our patrons this Christmas. So... Uh, yeah, join join the club. <laughs> EpicFilmGuys.com. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, wherever. Stitcher. Yeah, wherever you listen to good podcasts or otherwise. Um, and you can find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at EpicFilmGuys. And join our Facebook fan group, The Hopesters Dumpster, at Facebook.com slash groups slash EpicFilmGuys. Yeah, that's what's up. And... Uh... Again, can't thank you enough for your continued support. We love you guys so, 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 so much. We have plenty of Christmas goodies left in our sack ready for your stockings. I'm pretty sure Loy Sauce may just juice a little bit in your stocking. So if it's dripping a little bit, 
You know, and your kids are like on Christmas Eve, like, hey, daddy, what's that white stuff coming out of the stocking there? You you know what it is? Uh, a Christmas stocking is essentially a big sock, so. A very large sock, which means it can fit a lot of cum. That's right. But thank you so, so much again for listening to the Epic Film Guys podcast. We're going to continue to try to give you the best content we possibly can during these crazy times. But until next time, I'm Justin. And I'm Brian. And we will see you at the movies.